like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guests' spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. Today for Song of the Soul, we have a pure and simple treat. I've been a fan of Fred Small's music since the early 1990s because of the powerful stories he animates in his songs and for his heart and spirit of gold. Singing of real people and healing and hope for them, Fred weaves us together as a worldwide family using threads of music. Starting out as a lawyer in the environmental field, through his years as a folk musician, and to his current work as a Unitarian Universalist minister in Cambridge, Massachusetts, Fred Small works to heal and uplift. He joins us today from Cambridge. Fred, I'm so very pleased to have you here today for Song of the Soul. It's great to be here, Mark. How much music are you doing these days? I noticed, amongst other things, that you don't seem to have a Fred Small website, which is mind-blowing for great musicians like you to not do that. <laughs> I used to have a website, not very well maintained. You know, I stopped full-time music in 1996, and now I, I just don't have the time to put my attention on the promotional and commercial aspects of music. Fortunately, there are a couple of other websites that are interested in my music, and people can reach me uh, through my church website, which is firstparishcambridge.org. But music is now a part of my ministry, an important part, but not the primary part. I lead songs every Sunday in worship, usually not my own songs, and more often than not without guitar. I've written a few songs that are easily sung by groups of people and picked up readily, but there are so many better songs for community singing in the folk tradition and that other folks have written that I tend to prefer those. I don't mind playing the guitar, but so often when I'm leading a congregation, they will actually, uh, I think, respond more powerfully without the distraction of an instrument. I think maybe they feel like, oh my God, we've got to help this guy out. He's just singing all by himself. Well, it's nice to have a lot of people there to help you out. <laughs> You've got a quite interesting trail of education and profession. You started out at Yale, and then you moved over to Michigan, where you got a law degree and a master's in natural resources policy. You quit that to become a full-time folk singer. Well, I was, uh, I was a staff attorney at the Conservation Law Foundation here in Boston. My legal and natural resources career was, was serious, and really, if you count all the time I was in grad school and, and working summers, I did it for six years. So it was an important part of my life. What I found was, as I practiced environmental law, I, I was just getting more and more distracted by my songwriting. And uh, I think both songwriting and law are vocations in which you need a fair amount of uh, room in your head to play, to puzzle through things. I found that just in, in odd moments, instead of puzzling through the legal issue that I had to address in an upcoming case, instead I'd be puzzling how to put a rhyme together to make the song work that I was working on. 
And I just decided that it wasn't really fair to my legal responsibilities to be so distracted by music. So I, I figured, you know, I could I could practice law anytime, but I should make the plunge as, as a singer-songwriter while I was still young enough to take the wear and tear. But the wear and tear does wear and tear on you quite a bit. Is that part of what led you to go back to Harvard Divinity School to get your Master's Divinity? So I mean, so that you could actually become a preacher folk. Well, I was a full-time singer-songwriter on the folk and peace and justice circuit for 16 years, from 1980 to 1996. You know, when you're 27 to jump into your subcompact in Cambridge, Massachusetts and drive to Chicago for a $200 gig and maybe sell a couple hundred dollars worth of what was in those days LPs and, and maybe cassettes, and I was living the dream. But 16 years later, uh, when I was uh, 43, to jump in and drive to Chicago or maybe pick up a few gigs along the way, but still, you know, a, a few hundred bucks and uh, a few sales, it was getting old. It, it is hard on the body. It's also hard on the spirit. You know, if, if I had more income from music, so I had a, you know, a bus and, and a whole community of people that I could bring with me, I think that would have been more sustainable. But when it was just me, I couldn't even afford a, a bass player or, or a road manager, so just me on the highway uh, driving or flying sometimes, but, you know, doing the uh, building community every night. But then that community went home. And there I was, either at a motel or maybe getting home hospitality somewhere, but still uh, kind of a lonely existence. I really wanted to sink my roots in a real community that, that didn't disappear night after night, but that I, that I could come to know in a more deep way, and, and they could come to know me. So it wasn't just a matter of singing my songs, and then people applaud, and maybe I sign their CD, and, and that's the connection that we have. But a, a real connection where they understand both my gifts and my, and my challenges. They see me day in and day out, warts and all. And I accompany them through life passages, birth and death and marriage and sometimes divorce, that whole full spectrum of life uh, that a minister is, is privileged uh, to witness. So those were some of the reasons that led me to make that change. It's a very uh, insecure vocation. And I think it also, I would say, fed my addiction to approval. You know, you, you have to wonder why anybody would want to stand in front of a big crowd night after night and, or a small crowd, depending upon the night, you know, and basically say, please love me, please like me, please approve of the art, the performance that I am offering you. And I definitely felt that for me it was kind of a drug. I would be just high on endorphins or whatever chemicals were, were flooding my system on a good night of performance. And then again, when everybody went home, it was like, geez, the drug wore off and I could feel you know, pretty, pretty lonely and pretty down. I never got into any uh, serious uh, substance abuse, but I could see how people could. I think probably my worst addiction was potato chips. <laughs> That's one of the better ones, I suppose. <laughs> Well, let's get started off with your music, Fred. What music would you like to start off with for Song of the Soul? Well, I thought we'd go through these selections in chronological order. So we'll start with Everything Possible, which I wrote in 1983. Why don't we listen to it, then we can talk more about it. We have cleared off the table, the leftovers say. Wash the dishes and put them away. I have told you a story and tucked you in tight At the end of your knockabout day As the moon sets its sails to carry you to sleep Over the midnight sea I will sing you a song no one sang to me 
May it keep you good company You can be anybody you want to be You can love whomever you will You can travel any country You can travel any country where your heart leads And know I will love you still You can live by yourself You can live by yourself You can gather friends around You can choose one special one And the only measure And the only measure of your words and your deeds Will be the love you leave behind when you're done There are girls who grow up strong and bold There are boys quiet and kind Some race on ahead Some follow behind Some go in their own way and time Some women love women Some men love men Some raise children Some never do You can dream all the day Never reaching the end Of everything possible for you Don't be rattled by names By taunts, by games But seek out spirits true If you give your friends The best part of yourself They will give the same back to you You can be anybody you want to be You can love whomever you will Sing it with us You can travel any country where your heart beats And know I will love you still You can live by yourself You can gather friends around You can choose one special one And the only measure of your words and your deeds Will be the love you leave behind when you're done The love you leave behind when you're done Everything Possible. Fred Small is with us here today for Song of the Soul, and that's an early song of his from 1983. It's one that I've sung a fair amount, too. It's, it's such a beautiful song, and there's a monthly song circle here in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, where I'm located. And since you're in the Rise Up Singing Songbook several times, that's one that we like to share. It's a sweet, sweet song. Well, that's, it's a great honor when, certainly for me as a songwriter, when anyone chooses to sing my songs, and, and certainly when groups sing them. I'm with Pete Seeger. I think it's much more important about the community and for each person to recognize that there's a singer inside each one of us. Much more important to cultivate that experience of singing together than to uh, you know, lift up the songwriter as, as star or celebrity or you know, someone other than the audience. I like to break down that barrier between performer and audience Uh, Certainly, there's a role for leadership, and I take pride in my role as a songwriter, pardon me, as a song leader, but I really do want it to be about the community. 
Well, that song is about enlarging the boundaries of love in our life, opening up possibilities to people, because there's this steady love there. One of the things you mentioned, you know, some women love women, men love men. You live in Massachusetts, which you can have gay marriage there and have the pits of hell descended upon the state as total debauchery landed on the state because people got to live out with their most deeply loved partner? Well, the catchphrase that everybody uses here is, the sky didn't fall, and that was an understatement. I mean, it pains me that anyone is denied equal rights anywhere, but I am heartened by my not only faith, but confidence that marriage equality will eventually be the law of the land worldwide, and certainly in the United States before too very long. And that's not satisfactory comfort to those whose rights are denied. But I do see a change coming, and I'm so grateful for all those people who have worked so hard to bring it sooner rather than later. Now, back when I wrote the song uh, over, well, almost, pardon me, 30 years ago, we had made nearly the progress on GLBTQ rights that we have now. And a lot of people assumed that because I sang songs that were gay-affirming, that, well, surely I had to be gay myself, because Everything Possible is not the only uh, gay-affirming song that I wrote and was singing in those days. And uh, actually, when I started dating the woman who became my wife, when she told her brother that we were dating, he said, well, that's impossible. He's gay. And she laughed, and she told him, trust me on this one. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> Just how disappointing was it, the veto that happened recently of the marriage equality bill that passed in New Jersey, which is where you grew up, right? I did grow up in New Jersey. You know, every setback is a sadness. This one was fully expected. Governor Christie made no secret of his intention. But the setbacks, as I say, are painful, though they are, are, are all short-term. I have complete confidence that the tide of marriage equality is rising irresistibly. That's my take on it, too. Give us some more music. Keep us going on your Song of the Soul journey. Well, the next song we're going to hear is Denmark 1943, which is a true story. And let's give it a listen. Teichmann and Himmler are turning the screws. The fear they say grows impatient How can it be Denmark's Jews still walk free After three years of kind occupation We will take them like sheep in their beds as they sleep On the second night of their new year Devoutly at home, they'll be helpless alone When they cry out, no one will hear the German tells head off the Dane My friend, I have dangerous news In three hours the transport ships will set at anchor You must warn them, warn all the Jews Soon good Rabbi Melchior stands in the synagogue There'll be no service today The raids come tomorrow, dwell not on your sorrow By nightfall we must be away Fire up the diesel and look out for swells We're leaving Espagueta behind us Who strike at our friends, strike us as well We'll pray the patrol boats don't find us When the sirens are wailing and shouts fill the night Never will you stand alone So it's over the years Till the day we can welcome you home Polinsky, the tailor, on the eve of Rosh Hashanah, gathers his family near. The Lord is my light and salvation. 
whom on this earth shall I fear? When a young Danish Gentile steps into the glow of the candle with tears flowing down. Good neighbors flee, I pray you believe me, and as quickly the young man is gone. Christian policemen, shopkeepers, and teachers tell their friends of the quickening storm. While students on bicycles race through the streets, searching for Jews to be worn. And Cat Love, the foreman, blurts out to the trainman, my family has no place to hide. Well, bring them to my house, the stranger replies, and we'll spit in the damn Nazi's eyes. And it's fire up the diesel and look out for swells, we'll leave an espagata behind us. Strike at our friends, strike us as well We'll pray that patrol boards don't find us When the sirens are wailing and shouts fill the night Never will you stand alone So it's over the years Till the day we can welcome you home Helen Nielsen, the fishwife the port of Draguer has no use for political views. She'll call out the catch, fresh salmon, fresh cod. Comes a whisper, please help, we are Jews. But if you are Jews, you're not safe on the street. I know a man with a sail. Till moonrise they sleep in the shade of her eaves and escape on the fisherman's keel. Rabbi Melchior hires a young trawler man To ferry his family across After twelve hours afloat In a scurvy old boat Morning light shows the same Danish coast Says the skipper, I'm afraid of the German blockade So we've motored in circles around The rabbi gives a shout With one blow knocks him out And steers a straight line across the sound Overnight, families huddle in basements and barns, mistaking each breath for the angel of death, the Gestapo, the shot, the alarm. Then down into the hole with the stench and the cold, and drug all the babies with shots. Someone shouts, Bill Goldman, tell Sverre, you are in Swedish waters at last. Smuggled over to Sweden by fishermen, nurses, and priests. Hitler sends Eichmann to hunt them down, but his quarry have vanished like mist. When the war's over, the Jews return. Cheers and flowers adorn their way home. We're not heroes or martyrs, so say the Danes. We were just looking after our own. And it's fire up the diesel and look out for swells They're leaving us together behind us To strike at our friends, strike us as well We'll pray the patrol boats don't find us When the sirens are wailing and shouts fill the night Never will you stand alone So it's over the years And today we will welcome you home 
a very heartening story from World War II era, Denmark, 1943, by Fred Small. If you want to check out Fred Small, best to find a link via my website, northernspiritradio.org, because he doesn't maintain his own website right now. Fortunately, Fred, you have a, a friend in Jay Glixman, it sounds like. That's the best place I found for resources about you. You know, when I was a musician, I wanted nothing more. Well, perhaps, I mean, I had some scruples, but, but basically, you know, I, I was mentioning before how insecure the existence is. And, you know, so I was always trying to promote myself, you know, always trying to get myself out and in front of the public, trying to get media attention. And it was all about me, me, me. And, and that's, uh, speaking of the soul, that's, that's not a good way to live. You want to uh, empty the ego, I think. And unfortunately, it's very hard to do that when you're a, a sole proprietor and your product is you. You know, I was promoting Fred Small at every possible opportunity. And it's hard to do that and let go of ego at the same time. So I, I do feel that I found a calling that is gentler on my soul than being a professional musician. But it has seemed always that your music has been about nurturing people, peace and justice. It's, you know, you had to promote yourself in order to survive, but your music has always had, and, and that last song is a good example of it, it's about celebrating people, loving people, and really supporting one another. So Denmark, 1943, and the Nazis are going to come in and the Danes decide to protect the Jews. I don't know how widespread this was. And the names that you use in there, Duckwitz the German, and Hedoff the Dane, and Sopolinsky the Taylor, and Ellen Nielsen, are these all real people, historical accounts that you put together? Or are these? Yes, yes, they are. I, As in many of my historical songs, I, I researched it heavily. And in those days, I researched it in a library, which you wouldn't have to do today. You just do a Google search. But in those days, it was old-fashioned uh, library research. And all the stories in that song are true, except I did find out that even though the story of Rabbi Melchior actually knocking down the skipper of the fishing boat uh, that was uh, taking his group to Sweden, even though that story was in a book that I researched, I heard indirectly from Rabbi Melchior's son, who is also a rabbi in Denmark today, or was a few years back when he did a tour of, of the United States, what he said was, his father could knock you down with his words, he said, but he wouldn't have actually uh, hit somebody. But that was a story that was uh, in the lore. So it's still in my song, having rewritten the song. But all the, all the other stories are, as far as I know, literally true. The names are real. And uh, it was, in fact, a very widespread phenomenon in Denmark. The Nazis imagined that they would be able to round up, essentially, the entire Jewish population in short order. And they found only a few hundred and most of them apparently did not even, uh, uh, they, they were sick of running, and they didn't try to flee. Now, some were certainly caught either attempting to flee or because they were in some few cases betrayed by Danish Gentiles. But the primary narrative and the true story of what happened was that the Danish Gentiles really mobilized to protect people they saw as their own countrymen primarily. They were not the Danish Jews, they were Danes. People really did say, we were, we were just looking after our own. What else would you have expected? The, the amazing thing is that even today, when you interview people who lived through that time, they would say, well, we didn't do anything that anyone else wouldn't have done. But in fact, they did, because the, the story of Danish solidarity with their, with their own Jewish population was sadly unique in the history of the Holocaust. But a very powerful story, and one that I wanted to lift up, because uh, certainly so many of us grew up in the post-World War II era feeling that nothing good happened at all during the Holocaust times. And it was entirely a story of the abandonment and betrayal of the Jewish people. And uh, certainly that happened, and we should never forget. 
But we should also remember those stories of courage and compassion and sacrifice by people who took terrible risks to save their friends and neighbors. I bet you have another song to give us another heartening story. What do you want to share next? We're going to go next to I Will Stand Fast, which I recorded on the album of the same name, uh, along with Denmark 1943. Uh, I should mention, by the way, that although I don't have a website, most of my albums you can get through rounder.com. I Will Stand Fast is about deep listening, about companioning one another through our hard times. Echoes of childhood whisper violence Cold wind beating out of the past Rage in your throat, muffled silence Hold on, I will stand fast In the darkness your guardians had left you Cold wind beating out of the past None to hear your cries, none to defend you Hold on, I will stand fast I will stand fast I will stand fast You are saved in the daylight at last Nightmare and fear, they have no power here. I will stand fast. I will listen to the terrors that tried you. Cold wind beating out of the past. Child that breathes inside you. Hold on, I will stand fast. Though you take the shape of a hundred ancient horrors. Cold wind beating out of the past. Though you strike at me and flee into your sorrow. Hold on, I will stand fast I will stand fast I will stand fast You are safe in the daylight at last Nightmare and fear They have no power Fetters to bind you 
cold wind beating out of the past All the love you have wanted will find you I will stand fast I will stand fast You are safe in the daylight at last Nightmare and fear They have no power here I will stand fast Fred Small, his song, I Will Stand Fast. It's a wonderful phrase that I will stand fast, Fred. Maybe we're not so used to standing fast. Now, this kind of rushing around world that we live in and people displaced, those ties of real deep friendship and support seem to get too thin. But I, I think you're nurturing the alternative as the senior minister at the UU Parish, First Parish in Cambridge. I think it it really is so lacking in our society, that kind of depth of commitment and community. Well, I think one of the reasons that religious communities continue to thrive, obviously they wax and wane and sometimes collapse entirely individually, but people I think are really hungry for communities in which we relate to one another, not out of a transaction where, you know, what can you do for me? Uh, Really do have a kind of covenant with one another, a relational dedication to one another that is not based on dollars or social status, but goes deeper than that. And I think we do miss that. You know, I'm on Facebook and Twitter and all those things, but I think there's nothing like just sitting with someone and looking into their face and saying, how is it with your soul? Yes, it's a deep, wonderful question. I will stand fast, and, you know, I've known it for decades, so it's been near and dear to my heart. I wondered if the person who's listening there is a therapist, which would be transactional, or a deep friend. I mean, sometimes I think we think that we can't do that for our friends. You know, refer them to someone who's professional and competent in the area versus this is friendship that will tide you over in a really hard time. I think that's a really important point, Mark. You know, I think there's absolutely a role for professional therapists and and caregivers, but I also think that it's really unconscionable to surrender the joy and responsibility of deep listening to a professional. Professionals bring special skills and training. I'm a professional as a minister. But also I think a real friend is one who can listen and listen without judgment, without agenda, without interruption, without breaking the tension by making a joke or teasing. Those are the ones we know are real friends, not just people to hang out with, but people that we can really bring our deepest despair, our deepest fears, our deepest anxieties to and know that we will still be embraced and held. One of the wonderful things about UUs is that you don't have creeds. So whereas many people these days have fled mainline religion because they didn't feel like they could fit into creeds, amongst UUs, Quakers, and some other variants, they find a community where it's a community of the spirit and of deep listening without precondition without those narrowing bonds to say, well, you, you know, we'll accept you if you believe as we do. Do you find that your community there, that they're able to do that kind of steadfast being with one another that you talk about in I Will Stand Fast? 
Well, it's certainly a practice and a value that we cultivate. I can't say that my congregation or any congregation has arrived in creating what Dr. King called the beloved community. People bring, of course, their own histories, their own baggage, their own um, neuroses <laughs> to uh, the religious community as to any other. But one thing we have here is a covenant of right relations, which we crafted and voted on a couple of years ago now, uh, which is about how we treat one another and that we do our best to listen and to listen with respect and compassion and to call each other to our highest values. We don't always realize those values fully, but I think that doesn't make us hypocrites, it just makes us human. You're listening to Song of the Soul, and our website is northernspiritradio.org. On the site, you'll find our archives the last six and a half plus years. You'll find links to our guests, like to Fred Small, who's with us today for Song of the Soul. You'll also find a place to leave comments and give us other feedback. Please do that. We love the communication to be two-way. Again, Fred Small's with us here today for Song of the Soul. You can find his music at Rounder Records, that's rounder.com, or you can follow the link from nordenspiritradio.org to find a little bit more about him. We've got some more of your music to move through, Fred. Where do you want to go next on your chronological journey through Fred Small's, I guess, gifts of spirit to the world through music? Well, that's a beautiful description, Mark, and I'm, I'm honored by it. Let's listen to Simple Living. I'm happy to play Simple Living, but I've got a little bit of a conundrum here, Fred. You've got two versions that you've recorded, and one which is, shall we say, more produced. It's the fancier version, but there's, you know, obviously some contradiction in choosing the fancy version of a song about simplifying. Do you have a preference for which one you'd like to play? Do we have to be true to our values, or are we going to be worried about the comfort of our listeners in hearing a a truly superlative version of it? I I actually like both versions very much, and I think they used to say, scratch a folk singer and you'll find a rock and roller, and uh, (laughs) that's probably true with me. I mean, uh, I love simplicity, Uh, that's what the song is about. But, you know, you get in the studio and you have all those toys to play with, and it's hard not to play with them. And at the end of the day, I really enjoy the studio version. Too many words, too many sounds, too many attractions, turn me around. Too many miles in a chrome cocoon, I never get any. I can't see the moon Too many commercials Too many lies Too many celebrities I don't recognize Too many brand names Too many magazines I got so much sensation I can't feel a thing Living, gotta get the soul. Living, soul. Living, soul. Simply living. Just throw away If we put it in the garbage We're gonna eat it someday We turn on the lights 
and the river dies We turn the TV on To see an eagle fly Too much work With nothing to do Too many dreams Never come true Too much hurting Without a second glance much desperation they call romance Small, Simple Living, wonderful song about disconnecting from some of the overload that our society gives us. It's so very obvious to anybody who has a chance to sit back to retreat, to go to a 24 hours of silent retreat or that kind of thing. Do you find at all uh, inner tension in yourself, Fred, as you try to orchestrate the perfect service? Do you find... And I guess I'm I'm projecting a question on you here, just to be totally above board. Part of me says, I don't want to be manipulating people into a good experience of worship. I want to have people go deep, bring their own, and we can all enter and bring our best to this. And it feels like, you know, am I a used car salesman or am I a simple participant and nurturer of it? Do you feel that conflict at all as head minister? Well, I, I think you're right that there is a certain tension of values there. But I wouldn't say that I feel the conflict for this reason. I think that my job as minister and worship leader is to minister to people. And that means to create an environment and a worship experience in which they feel held, where they can let go and know that they don't have to 
take care of things, and they certainly don't have to take care of me. So it's pretty well agreed among ministers that I know that we don't get a worship experience at the same time as our congregation. I mean, there may be moments of great uplift and the Spirit moving, but we can't let go because we're in charge. It's our job to create that sacred vessel, that holy, safe space for the congregation. That means that we have to be thinking about, okay, what's going to happen next? Is this candle going to get lit? Is this bell going to be rung? Are we going to remember to announce the hymn? That, you know, just the, the pure logistics, the stage management of worship. Now, somebody has to do that. And when your mind is on that, you are less able to just let go and surrender and be present to the moment and to spirit. And that's all right. My Sabbath is not Sunday. My Sabbath is typically Monday. I love to be in worship when someone else is leading, because that means that I can truly let go and experience the holy without having to worry about the next thing that I have to do to create the worship experience for somebody else. I like my work, but it's work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, keep doing some more work and give us some more music to share for Song of the Soul. Well, next up is Guinevere and the Fire, which is uh, based on a true story that was told to me by a family member, actually, of the characters in the story when I was traveling on tour in Australia. My grandmother was born in 1900 on a farm in New South Wales. She wed a dairyman who liked to raise a pint of ale. The first child came when she was 20, five more babes in seven years. That first daughter was my mother, they called her Guinevere. Little Gwen would play beneath the willow, yes the queen would love some tea. Helped with chores that never ended Tried to mind, tried to please Sometimes she heard the music Wild and strange in the summer night The dirty people warned her mother Never go near their campfire light Stay away from the camp of the blackfellas Little white girls have disappeared They drink and dance when the moon is red Better never let them see your golden hair Came the winter of 27, so cold the milk froze in the pail. Her mum hung the nappies by the hearth, her dad in town for a round of ale. A spark leapt from the fire that night, wrapped her mother in a gown of flame, flailing, dancing in a frenzy, falling down in voiceless pain. Stillness and the stench of burning, then so soft twas like a ghost. Fetch the Cunninghams, she whispered, bring me aid or I am lost. The Cunningham house was not two miles away, and they, the nearest whites, past the camp of the aboriginals, past the demons of the night. Stay away from the camp of the blackfellas, little white girls have disappeared. They drink and dance when the moon is red, better never let them see your golden hair. I will run to save my mother I must go now, I must fly Still she heard her mother's tales Of the devil's drums and the evil eye Her mother's breathing ever fainter When frozen in her fright Seven hours till dawn she waited For the safety of the light Now she runs till her feet are bleeding To the house upon the hill Now comes the doctor's wagon speeding To her mother cold and still They laid her 
down in the Nara graveyard from the Bible read a verse. Children sent ants and knuckles, some to Melbourne, some to Perth. When packed her canvas satchel, could not hold the salt tears back, turned to leave her home forever, faced a woman gnarled and black. Child, our hearts are heavy, grieving for your loss. We live so close by you, why did you not come to us? We have salves to heal the burning, we have herbs to stop the pain. We could have helped, had we but known to make your mother whole again. Stay away from the camp of the black fellas, little white girls have disappeared. They drink and dance when the moon is red, better never let them see your golden hair. Stay away from the camp of the black fellas, little white girls have disappeared. They drink and dance when the moon is red, better never let them see your golden That song is one of the hardest of Fred Small's songs for me to hear. It was called Guinevere and the Fire. The reason it's hard for me, because unlike many of the Fred Small song, that one doesn't have a clearly happy ending to it. Was that hard for you, Fred, to share a song that didn't end up, you know, everybody's hugging and feeling good? Well, there's a saying, the truth will make you free, but first it will make you miserable. I think even that story... I guess for me, has a kind of positive resolution in that there is a moment of connection between the Aboriginal elder and the young girl. The young girl has learned something, even at the, at the cost of her mother's life. I just preached in my church on loss, and I call the sermon the river of loss, because loss is constant. We live our lives in the river of loss. So the question is not, are we going to lose the people close to us, the people we love, the things we love, the things we care about, the things we think we own? We will lose all of them in time. The question is, what do we learn? And do we live our lives expanding the circle of love and compassion? And that's what the song is about. And that's so well said. Of course, you say it so well in your songs as well. Do you ever use a song as a sermon? I think in some ways your songs are sermons, frequently, do you ever get to use them as such at First Parish? Well, when I was a songwriter, uh, I would occasionally be accused of being preachy. So um, at least nobody makes that complaint now. It's, it's, uh, it's understood <laughs> to come with the territory. I will sometimes use a song. Well, I use songs for congregational singing all the time in worship. Much more rarely do I sing a song like Guinevere and the Fire, uh, which is not a song that you can sing together. It's not, it's not constructed that way. But I'm trying to remember if I've actually preached on Denmark 1943 that has sung that song in worship and then preached a sermon on it. I'm not sure I have. Certainly I could. I have used John McCutcheon's Christmas in the Trenches in worship and then preached on the much longer true story on which it is based, the uh, amazing impromptu ceasefire that occurred in World War One. But the song is, is a different form. It's three minutes, five minutes, give or take. It's very, very compact, and I actually feel like I have an easier job now, even though I've got to write a sermon uh, often every week. i got 20 minutes, so <laughs> there's a lot more, and it doesn't have to rhyme, and it doesn't have to fit the meter, so I feel liberated to have a, such a, a permissive form as the sermon. But it's certainly I'm trying to do the same thing as, as I did before, trying to touch people's hearts, trying to tell stories, which I think is the most powerful way to convey a message of any kind and inviting people into deeper communion with each other and with spirit. 
That sounds beautiful. It's a, it's a job that most of us should be so blessed as to have. I guess it takes a lot of work, too, of course. Well, I, that's right. I, I really pinch myself that I have this job. For one thing, people pay me to be a good person. That's pretty amazing, naturally. Is that what our society is lacking? We just need to get paid to be good people. <laughs> well, you shouldn't have to do it for money, but you know how awesome that there are jobs where not only are you expected to be a good person, but you have to be a good person, or they will not renew your contract. But it's wonderful also because there are so many different aspects to ministry. In the course of a day, I can be a singer and song leader. I can be a writer, a speaker, social justice activist, a peace activist, an environmental activist, an organizational consultant, an ethicist, a spiritual director, a psychotherapist, just so many different ways of being. It never gets boring. No wonder you had to go through all those other degrees that you got along the way before you could become a minister. <laughs> well, I, didn't, I don't think I needed them because there are plenty of extraordinary ministers who you know, just go right out of college into seminary and they never look back. I would have been a terrible minister in my 20s. I wasn't emotionally or spiritually mature enough to do it. Uh, I'm not sure I am today, but I'm, I'm a lot closer. Well, we're so close now to the end of our time. I have to ask you for just one more song. How can we conclude your Song of the Soul? Well, it's a, it's a fitting ending to finish with my song, Only Love, because the title says it all. Love is what it's all about, I think, and it's the only thing that lasts. I don't know if we even need to discuss it. Let's close out today's Song of the Soul visit with Fred Small with his song, Only Love. Fred, it's just been a delight to get to know you. I, of course, saw you uh, previously in concert, although it's been some years. I hope that your music continues disseminating across the world. And I thank you so much for joining me for Song of the Soul. It's been a pleasure, Mark. I should say that Only Love is not available from Rounder.com. I think you can still get it from CDFreedom.com. But with that little promotional piece, I'll just say it's been a great pleasure spending this time with you, Mark. And thank you for bringing the song of the soul to the airwaves. We close out with Fred Small's song, Only Love. When I run out of words to say what's in my heart I'm so damn smart When I run out of words To explain what I'm complaining of When I run out of words I will speak only love When I run out of things Piled high upon my shelf
The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy.